When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Some boxing world champions are household names, no matter where they come from. But how many people can name the first world champion born in Africa? So who was this boxer born in Senegal? Who was decorated for bravery in World War I? Why do so few know that he fought and won the world light heavyweight title aged 25? only to lose it controversially six months later. And why was his life cut short in a New York street aged just 28? In 1993, his remains were returned to Senegal. It is time his world title was too. The voice there of filmmaker Ashley Morrison. And Ashley joins us here on Sports Day WA this afternoon. Ashley, thanks for your time. No, thanks for inviting me on the show. You've got a busy couple of weeks coming up. I know you're travelling to South Africa next week and then you're on your way to New York for the release of this documentary about the uh, the first African boxer to conquer the world. Firstly, tell us some early details on, firstly, what got you interested in putting this documentary together and tell us about a boxer whose name many don't really recognize. Okay, so the, the the story came about was I was asked to write the biography of Azuma Nelson, who is arguably Africa's greatest ever boxer. He's one of only three African boxers to have ever been inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame with Brian Mitchell and Dick Tiger. And when I was watching back Azuma winning his world title, the commentator goes, and Azuma becomes the eighth world champion from Africa. And I was like, Hang on a sec, that can't be right. Um, it was 1984 from memory. And uh, so I then started trawling back through the record books. And what I found out was that most of the African nations got their independence around 1960 onwards. And so what had happened is all of the champions prior to that date are actually in the record books as being belonging to their colonial power. So, you know, Dick Tiger, for example, Although he is now as a Nigerian champion, but he is very much in some of the record books still shown as being English because Nigeria was an English colony. And you've got other boxers as well from other parts of Africa where the same was was true. And so suddenly I thought, hang on a sec, there's something wrong here. And so I asked a few people around if they'd ever heard of Battling Siki or his real name is Louis Mbarek Full. And very few people had, which I thought was really sad. And then as I dug deeper, I found out what an interesting life he led and uh, how, again, the, the racism in the world then really worked against him. But at the same time, he played up on that racism in order to make sure that every badge he had was played to a full house. 
So Return to Your Corner is the name of this documentary. So, Ashley, how did you get all the information collated and who did you speak to uh, when, of course, the documentary will be released officially in New York, what, in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, I sort of, I mean, the, the film, it was the hardest thing was raising the money and it's it's taken me eight years to make it. So it's been a real passion of, uh, a passionate thing of my own. I, I didn't get all of the money in from various sponsors. So I've actually had to put a lot of my own money into it. But it was a story I felt was really, actually really important. And as I mentioned, or you heard in that trailer, um, his remains were returned to Senegal in the 1990s by the World Boxing Council. But he still is shown in the record books as being French because Senegal was a French colony. It wasn't known as Senegal back then. And, and I feel, I want to see, as he was Africa's first ever world champion, I think Africa deserves to have him listed as an African champion. And that's my goal with this documentary is I'm hoping that down the track we will see Africans, A, made aware of who this person was and B, the world made aware that he was Africa's first ever world champion. And he had such an impressive record, didn't he, during his time in the ring? Well, he did initially, and then when he goes to America after he loses the title, so he he had he lost the title um, in 1923, and he was forced because a lot of European countries didn't like interracial flight fights at that time, so he was forced to fight an Irish American in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day, but not just St. Patrick's Day, but the first St. Patrick's Day of Ireland's independence, and there were actually bombs going off on the day of the fight. And it was the last ever world title fight to go 20 rounds. And uh, Siki and his opponent went the 20 rounds. And a lot of the newspapers felt that he won the bout. But again, because the world didn't want another black world champion after Jack Johnson's antics, uh, it was clear that basically he was never going to win this title and they were going to take the first opportunity to take it off him, which is what happened. And he went to America he got messed around by the managers there and uh, had a lot of fights where basically he was just being put on a train. He'd be in one town one day, three days later he'd fight in another town somewhere else. And I think he got a bit demoralized and, and obviously wasn't training. And so some decisions went his way. Some didn't go his way because, as we all know, sometimes in boxing, uh, it always goes the, the way of the local fighter. And I think he, that's why his record probably in America isn't quite as good as it probably should have been. And saying that, when he arrived in the United States, uh, because of, uh, no doubt, his race and colour, I know he got a lot of offers supposedly to fight in the United States, and as you mentioned, it didn't eventuate. And in the end, he's, uh, he defended his title against the Irish lightweight heavyweight Michael McTeague. But um, he fell on really hard times, and in the end, he lost his life there. Yeah, he did. I mean, the, the interesting thing is when he won the world title against George Carpentier, so everyone, I mean, Carpentier actually admitted this later in life, was um, Carpentier hadn't been training, didn't want to fight a black boxer, didn't really take Siki seriously, but Siki had beaten all the light heavyweights and heavyweights of Europe. And so he was the rightful contender to challenge Carpentier for the world title. So, but Carpentier didn't take him seriously. Then his management got very worried. So went to Siki's manager and said, look, um, you know, you can have this world title as long as you lose. And supposedly the manager went ahead with this, but then in the fight, uh, Carpentier starts showboating, starts hitting Siki really hard. And then Siki goes, well, stuff this. 
And so he then starts fighting for real and knocks Carpentier out. Now, what happened then is the referee, who was also in on the fix, awards the fight to the unconscious Carpentier on the ground. The crowd nearly riot in Paris, and so Siki is crowned world champion. So, so there was that. And then when he went to America, again, the, the mob tried to get him to carry boxers over there. In other words, you know, take him through the fight, don't knock him out till later in the round or whatever, um, because there was no doubt betting going on. And Siki basically ignored what the requests were, and he got a, stabbed once as a warning, and then, unfortunately, on the 15th of December, 1925, he was less than a kilometre from his home and uh, basically got two bullets in his back and was just left to die in the street. Mm. There were, and I've just seen, actually, the, uh, the release or the press release regarding Return to Your Corner. It appears he was stopped by a policeman who saw him staggering drunk on 42nd Street, not far from his apartment. Um, and I suppose that's a, that's one of the other claims that uh, maybe he just lost his way in New York. But the fact that he was shot twice in, at close range and dead at the age of 28, and I believe his funeral was held in Harlem shortly after that. It was, and he was buried in Flushing in a, a, a pauper's grave. But there's no doubt he had a drinking problem. I mean, he liked to drink when he was in France. And, I mean, he was renowned for picking fights with cab drivers rather than paying his fare. It was like, you know, challenge me, I'll have a fight with you rather mm. than pay the fare. So, I mean, it, drink, I think, had always been a part of his life. And I think, sadly, yes, when he got to America... Um, when he was obviously not earning the money that he probably should have been or his talent should have allowed him to, I think he probably turned to it a little bit too much. Tell us about uh, the release of Return to Your Corner. You're going to South Africa first and then on to New York. Tell us the reasons for that. Yeah, well, there's a there's a mining conference in South Africa, in Darba, down in Cape Town, and one of my sponsors, Geodrill, um, they are actually holding an event there and so they've asked me to get Brian Mitchell, who's from South Africa, and Azuma Nelson, who's from Ghana. They're going to be there. As I said, they're the only two living uh, International Boxing Hall of Fame boxers from Africa. And so they're going to be at the mining conference. And I've been asked to interview them for um, an Australian sort of symposium, I suppose it is. Um, and then we're going to have a screening, a preview screening of the film, because those two are both featured in the film um, after that in the evening. And then we head on to New York, where the WBC, the World Boxing Council, are actually hosting the event at the New York Athletic Club. And uh, they've they've shown me a list of people that they've invited, uh, sort of very impressive list of former world champions, but I don't know how many of them are, have accepted or are coming as yet. Oh, good on you, Ash. Well, good luck with it. Uh, and when will we get an opportunity to, to view it? Well, probably when I get back, I'll, I'll look to maybe do a screening at some point. Um, in, at, the main, at the same time, we're sort of in negotiations with a few TV stations, hoping that they might pick it up. Most of those are actually sort of international ones at the moment. Uh, I haven't spoken to any in Australia, but uh, yeah, once I know the outcome of that and hopefully everybody likes it, then uh, we might be in a position to, mm. to share that information with you. Well, the trailer is very impressive. Thanks for joining us, Ashley. Good luck and safe travels. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity and your interest as well. Good on you. Thanks. Ashley Morrison there, filmmaker, regarding, of course, uh, the documentary or film uh, regarding Return to Your Corner, the story of the first African boxer to conquer the world. Uh, by the way, I said the Wildcats are playing tomorrow night. Of course, they're playing Friday night. I've just got a bit uh, slipped up with the holiday being tomorrow. I thought it might be Saturday. So there you go. <laughs> no, it's actually Friday night, the Wildcats. And I said, get behind the Wildcats this season. Head to Ticketek.com. 
sportsnet.com.au. And our hot topic today has been on the back end of Stephen Michael for Repco, for expert car advice, book into your local Repco authorised service centre about the divide, the great divide regarding Australia Day. And you heard Stephen Michael, the great uh, Noongar Aboriginal footballer here from Western Australia and his thoughts, very humble, and he's just saying he'd go with the flow, whatever decision he's made. But he also made the comment that maybe in time we might have the very first Aboriginal Prime Minister and there may be members of Parliament, uh, of course, uh, from the Aboriginal race. And maybe when that happens, there'll be a bit more open dialogue in Parliament and these so-called decisions and what we're experiencing at the moment may be a thing of the past. So we'll have to wait and see. But it was great to have Stephen Michael on the program. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. Love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, hi, uh, this is from Lise. G'day, Lise. Hi, Peter. Enjoying the show. Great interview with Stephen Michael. Great legend on the field and now doing great work with his foundation Wish Stephen and his family all the very best. Sensational win by the Kookaburras last night against Spain. It was epic save by the goalie in the penalty shootout to give the Aussies the win and into the semi-finals. Good on your lease with a thumbs up there. And Alex, thanks for just reminding me that the Wildcats game is on Friday night. I'll update the BBL for you. I'll update the tennis and we'll also bring you the latest in sport on the other side of this break here on Sports Day WA.